did not come without making the choice to come here. Amen. And when you make a choice like that, that you're saying to him, I'm trusting you, God, I'm going to get what I need. And that's worship to him. He loves it when his children trust him. Greatest form of worship. We've been in a series called Credible Witnesses. And just give you a, amen, a quick amen, run through of our, this is the third part, by the way. Amen. For the guests that are here that wasn't here in part one and part two. I got a download, amen, uh, one early morning and uh, got confirmation. And at 4 a.m., God gave me a scripture verse on the, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. And Paul is using that from the law in the Old Testament. And he is encouraging the church with it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. That being said, I didn't know what was coming with that little scripture. Amen. And so uh, I get jury duty prior to getting the download. And so while I'm kind of halfway fussing about jury duty, amen, and thank God for jury duty and our, and our nation and how that we try to do it, amen, in a correct way, best we can. And uh, so I'm there on the second day, I'm in the courtroom area where the judge is about to dress all of us. And the Lord speaks to my spirit and says, now pay very close attention to what the judge is about to say. And after the judge got through with me, I sat up in my seat when I, when I felt that, mm, okay. And then I began to realize that Jesus was trying to let me know he's the judge and that he's looking for credible witnesses. Amen. That judge was letting us know he, she wasn't going to put up with not having credible jurors that represented her objective, amen, and what her purpose was in that room. And she gave us a speech that, ah, oh, yes, Lord, I got you. And the Lord is looking for credible witnesses. He knows that without him, we can't be a credible witness. Everybody agree? And so, but with him, it's possible that I can be a representative, a steward of his image his identity in the earth. That's, that's what he says, and that's what the apostles write to us when they write the letters they wrote. But we found out, amen, that he, he needs a credible witness. In part two, we begin to find out how that we can posture ourselves in a way to be that credible witness. And we, we heard the story of Bobby Wendell when she was serving in a leper colony. Amen. Uh, missions there and uh she thought she was who she thought she was the best she could be for Jesus until she is facing something now that's bringing out the evidence that there's fear in her life amen and and, and when she is uh approached with that that dynamic that I, I can't do this she realizes for her to be effective and we're here we are talking about coronavirus or COVID-19, amen, and, a, and, and, and disease. She is faced with it, and she goes to the Lord. She takes her shawl into that leper colony area where they're ministering to, and she lays it out on the little place they had, you know, built to minister to them. And she said, the stench of rotten flesh, you couldn't clean it. 
it just got worse. The more you tried to clean it and make it smell better, the worse it got. And she laid that shawl out there and got on her knees and said, Lord, you got to break me. I can't do this. And after a little while of just staying there, she decided, I ain't moving. Do you you got to help me. And the Lord speaks for you. Get lower then. And you have heard the story last week. He said, move the shawl out of the way and get lower. And she got down real, real, real close to the floor. And she said, I'm as low as I can get. He said, no, you're not low enough yet until there's no more lower. And that's where God meets her and fills her up with boldness and passion and a single eye. Amen. For what he loved. He loved those lepers. He wanted to heal them. He wanted to feel them. He wanted to use them. And they felt like they were outcasts. They felt that like they were pushed out by society. Amen. And so, and they were, and the Lord was letting them know, I haven't pushed you out. But in order for God to get the message out and how, amen, that kind of message hit every life, he needs credible witnesses. And Bobby Wendell had come to realize, I'm not credible enough yet. I'm still letting fear manipulate me in my Christianity. And when she got up from that floor, she was totally transformed. And she walked over to the guard that was a leper, amen, and, and said, look, I haven't seen your hands to this day because he didn't want nobody to see. She said, show me your hands, and she took them. And she began to do, amen, what we're God's asking us to do, be his credible witness, join with him on this wonderful journey. It looks like you can't do it, but that's what the enemy's screaming. He's accuser of the brethren. He has us focused on everybody's problems instead of the mission of the kingdom. And because the problems are so obvious and so evident, we miss Jesus in the middle of the storm. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not preaching to anybody here. I'm talking about where I'm at and what God's doing in my personal life to encourage you to step it up in this world we're living in. The storms are not going to stop. They're going to get more intense. But if you're with him, you can respond like him. And she took those hands and she began to do, after she said, I choose joy. She says, Lord, I'm going to choose joy. You change me. You transform me. You break me. You can't have joy unless you get broken. The joy of the Lord is our, come on now. And the joy of the Lord that's unspeakable and full of glory comes with the baptism of his spirit and fire. Amen. It's a promise for all whosoever it's that God just gives to a few he gives it to whosoever will amen and so he challenges us to let the rivers of living water spring up from out of our innermost being amen this is what he's talking about until all we can talk about is how good God is all we can talk about is his mission his purpose, his heartbeat, a credible witness. And when you're filled up with him, what's broken? Amen. And when Bobby Wendell's holding that leper's hand and just started embracing all of them, getting close to them, treating them like family. She was a representative of repairing what was broken. She was God's credible witness. And she encouraged them and she lived in peace moving forward. 
And since God's plan is that we all and gentlemen, I encourage you today, if you pay attention to what's going on in our world, it's hard to see peace at all. But God says he wants you to have peace that goes past your understanding in our world. And, and that comes by us experiencing his nature, his character. There's no, the idea that I'm going to be good without experiencing a good. Now I have an idea what good equals in my own carnal mind. But today we're talking about who possessed you. And I need to pause a minute for effect. Who possessed you? All right. Since that silence has happened, good. Am I his possession or am I possessed, which the enemy hides behind? Am I his, did he purchase us when he died on our behalf? He paid the debt off. And now we belong to him, right? So when have we given him possession of what already belongs to him? And if you can't quickly say he's in possession of his house, then you are possessed by your own self-will. And the enemy has come as a thief and a robber. He's come to steal and to kill and destroy that which God has given us. And God's given us a fresh word from heaven. He talks to everybody here. It's just sometimes we don't have an ear to hear what he's saying. This is Jesus' message. I'm just being a, a sounding board to what he ministered 2,000 years ago to all that have an ear to hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He didn't say it once. He said it several times. And he talked about how his followers become disciples. They follow for a season as sheep, and they hear their shepherd's voice, and they follow him. But the key element of that, they hear their shepherd's voice. He knows them intimately, knowing intimately. They hear, he intimately knows them and empowers them so they can follow him. Anybody want to follow the Lord? And for you that says, man, I want to, but I've been, I've been trying for a long time, and this thing ain't working and not, I know something ain't right. Anybody ever said that before? Didn't say it out loud, but you said it to yourself. And the empowerment side of this thing is experiencing the one who we're to walk in identity with. You cannot reflect your daddy unless you experience your daddy. The woman that was bleeding for several years she was in trouble her life was ebbing from her until she experienced Jesus and when she experienced Jesus she could take that experience she got from him and be a credible witness look what the Lord has done every one of us has been invited from heaven amen and heaven's not a long ways away about six foot some of them five foot five four eight you catching it as a man or woman thinks so are they
out of the mouth, amen, we confess who our master is. And there's been a lot of talk going on in our world. That's why the topic today is who possessed you. Isn't it amazing that in our culture right now, everybody wants to correct, but no one wants to be corrected. Everybody has two bits, and that's country boy language, to give about what they believe should be going on. But they're not open to anybody letting them know how they should probably live. Amen? That being said, we need to talk about this today because in our world, humanity as a whole is more consumed with having than being. Would you agree with that being a, a, a true statement? That humanity is more consumed with having than being. This craving for physical pleasure, things that we see, a sense of pride in our personal achievement and possessions only encourage guilt, shame, and fear. This cultural dynamic that's in our world right now is impacting our next generation and manipulating from them their identity, and we're watching it happen right now. And they're screaming to the top of their lungs, nobody cares. If you're saying, well, pastor, did the Lord say that? Yep, he pretty much said that. And you, here's your homework if you want to read about it in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Amen. John is writing as he's moved on by the presence of God. He said, amen, the lust of the eye, all that's in the world, all that's in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He calls it out. It's not of the Father, but of, it's of this world. And the enemy uses those key fiery darts to throw at every, everyone's heart. The fiery darts of the enemy. You don't even know it's happening. You can sense it. Your spirit man's real. Every one of us knows what guilt feels like and shame feels like and fear feels Everybody agree? So everybody has experienced the darts of hell. We know the fruit of it. Would you agree on that? And so as long as I'm not saying it's wrong to have something, but as long as it don't have you. It's okay to have a big bank account as long as you know whose bank account that is. Who possessed you? You see, we're talking about credible witnesses today. And so the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, all that's in the world, the enemy has come to take that and to manipulate from us our identity in Christ and take the power that comes with our identity and use it to build his own kingdom. And he's going to church every day and doing it. That's why we don't go to church. In New Life Fellowship, we've all agreed that we're going to be the church. Amen. We just happened together in this property on, with this building to agree and to get confirmation and validate the fact that we're in fellowship with our Father. That when we go to work on Monday, amen, we're there not to take advantage of our employer because he owes us or she owes us anything. Pastor Lowe, you, you meddling right now. 
I got to deal with the old man in the mirror. If you have a job, and, uh, and most people in our economy right now is not working because they're getting, because they feel like they earned this free check every month. Pastor Lowe, be careful. No, I'm coming against the enemy. The Lord says the fields are white unto harvest, and we're sitting at home instead of going out in the harvest. And lots of Christians are doing this. Amen. All in the name that they're Americans. Amen. I thank God for America. I am an American, but I'm a Christian first. Amen. Kingdom of God first that happens to be an American. America needs the church to stand up and be a credible witness. Amen. And so how is it that people in the world around us has the power to distract us? How is it that that would happen? What if the distraction in our that the people that are involved are the one causing the trouble what if they don't have anything to do with it? That this, this distraction, amen, and me needing others to change and so I can have a better day really isn't what it's all about. It's really about something else going on. Something like life and the person that you feel like needs to change so you can have a better day. It really ain't about that problem. It's about you becoming who you're designed to be. What if it's that? I'll read you something here in just a moment that'll, that'll help you. Um, do you really want to be who Jesus says you are? Ask that yourself. Matthew chapter 5, and he's releasing, amen, at the Sermon on the Mount, his spirit out into the earth when he releases that message. And it says here in Matthew 5, verse 43, your ancestors, anybody got some biological family? I do. I got some great ones and I got some interesting ones. And the Lord says he loves every one of my biological family and he needs me. But the only way I can do that, that's why this message is so important for me today. He's not asking me to inspect them. He's asking me to inspect someone else. That's the person in the mirror. And so Jesus says, you have ancestors that have been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one that hates you. I'm reading from the, the passage translation. However, I say to you, love your enemies, bless the ones who curse you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, 
and respond to the very ones who, who persecute you by praying for them. Verse 45, for that will reveal your identity as the children of your heavenly father. He, this is going to, he brings confirmation. Jesus brings it up. He says, he is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and the rainfall to refresh whether a person does what is good or evil. Has anybody got a good daddy? Have, you, have anybody ever been evil before? Isn't it good that you got up and the sun came up too? After you did exactly what you knew better than to do? Was your daddy good to you? When, when you didn't deserve to be blessed, he loved you anyway. Isn't that awesome? Is anybody tracking yet? So our identity as children of God is revealed when we love the person that we say is our enemy, number one. Number two, come on, if you want, if you want to be a man in or you want him to have possession of your life, then number two, you're going to bless the person that bullies you and curses you. Anybody been bullied before? Three, I want to, I want, I want to be in your possession, Lord. Do something wonderful to those who despise and detest you. Wonderful. Dude, I hadn't had a lot of wonderful things happen to me. And the Lord said, okay, well then just pause for a minute and let me just meet with you. Because I want to do something wonderful to you right now. Does anybody agree that the Lord wants to do something wonderful for you today? Because I need to pause for a few moments here so we can get on board with what's really happening here. He's not asking you to do something that he don't empower you to do. Based on our Christian world right now, most of the Christian world failed the test in the pandemic and freaked out. They were just as spooked or more of them was more spooked than the world was. And, and they were so upset about this could be the last day. I mean, the Lord's going to split the clouds any moment now. Pastor Lowe, quit making fun. No, I'm making fun of the enemy. He's losing grip right now. People realizing that he's an ever-present help in time of need and that I can experience God on the level where I can love who I think is my enemy. I can do wonderful things to those who detest me and bully me and by passionately asking Daddy to bless them. Just got slapped. Turned the other cheek four or five times. I don't know if I can do the sixth time yet. I'm going to Daddy to ask Daddy to really bless the one that just did that to me. How... Form you give you joy that's unspeakable, so much so that regardless of what anyone ever does to you, you got so much joy, it don't matter. It's water off a duck's back. You're ready to fly anyway. How many wants to go there with the Lord today? Because be it known, I got an old man too that I look at.
And I really believe that, man, if I don't, he's going to win. And so to me, it was like, I have to do this. Well, I've come to realize of late, I get to do this. I get to talk. If you was a fly on the wall, you'd laugh. And I don't care now because I, the fruit that comes from it, the experience that comes from it, the learning how to zip it up. That got perfected here there I'm, I'm getting there I'm, I'm on the journey but my problem right now isn't people my problem I found out is the guy in the mirror that the enemy hides behind either Jesus is in possession of what he owns or I am possessed by my self-will that the enemy hides behind Jesus is the one that taught this message in Matthew 7. Iniquity in Matthew 7, he says, of many that shall do wonderful works in his name. They'll say, we've done all this in your name. And, and Jesus said, I don't know who you are, ye that work iniquity. He's talking about self-will. So hear me today. The Lord is not looking for signs and wonders in your life. He's looking for fruit. What's that fruit represent? Identity. He's looking for his sons and daughters that look like him. They can't produce the fruit. They've come to realize that. This group has found out I have to be tapped into the source and bear the fruit. Amen. Otherwise, if I, he's not in possession of me, I am possessed by another source that produces argument, debate, politics, gossip, strife, envy, anger, hatred, malice. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you all ever had that before in your life? But I, he will not step on my choice. The most powerful thing that you have is choice. Amen. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. And I get it from Joshua. Oh. I have a choice too. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Now, did he make everybody in his house serve the Lord? No, he led. This is so important. A credible witness doesn't make anybody do anything because God won't make anybody do anything. Did y'all catch that? God ain't making you do anything. And at the same time, he'll let us blame him for what he didn't do. You chose to go through it. I'm talking to the guy in the mirror. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the guy in the mirror. I, I have said that to that guy in the mirror many times. When I, when I felt like, God, man, why didn't you keep me from doing this, Lord? Son, I, I said this and I said that. If you, the last time I said something to you, if you just go back to the last time I spoke, you'll find out you'd be out of trouble by now. 
with the judge, and they represent his objective, and they stand stalwart. Amen. They're credible. They're all on board with mission and purpose. It's not about them. They're not there to condemn anybody on the panel. They're there to make sure that this thing finishes with mercy being the objective, the goodness of God being on display. See, I might need to face some things that I used to didn't think deserve mercy. Has anybody ever said that before? Huh. They don't deserve mercy. My God. And then you went off saying some things that the Lord would never say. Only the accuser of the brethren would say. Amen. Well. Jesus doesn't come and encourage anyone. Fruit's not good. You don't want them to impact your life to deviate from following me. Amen. Instead of them being an influence in your life, you want to be the influence. That's what Joshua is challenging Israel on. Hey, as for me and my house, I'm not going to make them, but guess what? And all of a sudden, all the pressure leaves. You don't have to make nobody do nothing. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to make nobody do Anybody ever make someone do something? Pastor, why do you have to say that? It's a setup, isn't it? Yep. Because yeah, I've wanted to make people do things before. And that's not like my daddy. Stuff before. Not you, Pastor. Yeah, they worked for me in my business. I have some children that were toddlers and I made them do some things. And they needed to learn some things about. Yes, Daddy, that they hadn't learned yet. Anybody been through that with the Lord before? Amen. The 18-wheeler, when we're immature. Anybody agree? And so I, I, I made sure my children, I loved them enough. Nope. Of course, I had one that likes to go out there in the road all the time. I'll let y'all guess who that one is. But it wasn't because I was not trying and doing my part. Because he'll tell you, no, daddy lit my, my rear end up a few times. And that was L-O-V-E. Is it okay if the Lord chasteneth them that he loves? Is it okay that, and, and, and the Lord is good. He don't do nothing evil ever. He can't, he won't abuse nobody. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about love. Stands between you and death. Stands between you and certain destruction. Pastor Lowe, what are you doing? No, I'm, everybody wants to be loved in a way where you have the kind of relationships that care about you enough that'll warn you. Anybody want healthy relationships like that? They'll get up in your Kool-Aid. 
They'll get you, they'll get toe-to-toe with you because you've given them permission. Amen? To love you. Something about giving permission that's huge, isn't it? Well, who are we giving permission to? Daddy. Amen. There's people in my life that I need to challenge me and hold me accountable. Why? Because I need God in my life. And they have a part of God I don't have. And to get him, people are in the mix. And all these people are flawed. But the Lord's testing me. No, he's, he's discipling me. The enemy, amen, is trying to manipulate me. Hear me. To look at what's wrong with them. And so he won't stop accusing them of what they're flawed with. Now the question is, do I have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying? Because the Lord is not accusing anybody. Does anybody agree with that? Does that sit with your spirit, man? Like, oh, yeah, that's right. So I ask you a question. If Jesus doesn't accuse anybody, where did I get the license to say anything negative about anybody? You see our culture? Our culture, our national culture outside of here has got into the church. And Paul is addressing that culture in his day. And he comes the third time out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He comes the third time and he's telling leaders of Corinth, I've addressed this. Here you are. You're trying to lead, but you're leading by being, being the inspectors of people's lives. And you're not examining yourself. He said, you, you're, you're, you're full of strife. You gossip. I'm talking about leaders. He's talking about leaders. You're arrogant. He's calling them out. Every attribute of Satan is being revealed. And he says, look, because I've come to you the third time, I'm coming in power. I'm not coming in weakness. We're going to get this thing corrected. And he's letting them know, I'm not the one that corrected it. The Lord is coming, and he's going to correct this. Does anybody love the fact that the Lord knows how to build his house? I can't, I can't build up. You, can you build up anybody? I can encourage. I can edify. I can strengthen. But actually, who's doing that? Jesus. And so at the end of this thing, we all say, look what the Lord has done, correct? He builds his house, but he's Oh, that, that's scaring me. No, everybody in this room has influence with people on some level. And if there's a person that you have in your life that you have influence with, God loves that person. What are you going to do with that influence now? And if you take care of the little, come on, ain't but a few of them right now, but you take care of the few, what's going to happen? the people you have influence in your life with he is not speaking negative concerning them he's not accusing them of anything he's not picking on their flaws what he sees is his treasure 
and he wants to experience them. Oh, come on, man. I, I, we could end the message here in the next few moments on Yeah. Well, I need to experience him. Yeah, that's true. Don't forget that one. But you know, I like hanging out with my children, my grandbabies. Mm. Why? Because I love experiencing them. I'm Papa, but I love experiencing my grandchildren. You just hang around me when I'm with them and see if I don't. Thank for you to know right now. As much as we all need an experience from our daddy, he wants to experience you. So much, he gave everything to do it. He gave it all up. The least I can do is agree with him that I'm going to let him finish making me in his image. The least I can do for him is saying, yes, Lord, if you say that's who I am, hey, I'll go with you. But I've been hearing the devil talk to me about how I failed yesterday and how I did this and I said that. Everybody's experienced the devil, haven't you? And he wants to experience you because you have a power he needs to build his kingdom. And when we agree with him, we give that power to him to experience his kingdom. Has anybody ever gossiped before? Did you experience the fruit of gossip? Don't feel good, does it? You said what you shouldn't have said? And you experienced the fact, hmm, boy, I shouldn't have said that. And you carried guilt with you to bed. Shame. I did this. Shame, guilt, fear. You're experiencing your daddy, the devil. He's been my daddy a lot more than I thought, want to talk about. Because of all the evidences that come with it. Guilt, shame, unbelief, fear, doubt. Ah, that's the bad fruit that comes from a source called the daddy of it and he needs representatives that will bear his fruit for him too and so it's hard to be a credible witness when you're full of shame it's hard to be a credible witness when guilt it's just because you know someone is there and they're saying, would you pray for me right now? I need a miracle in my life. And all this doubt is all over you because you've been with the wrong daddy. And yet the Lord's saying, I'm right here. Trust me. I'll take what you got and I'll cause it to manifest. And if we could zone in and listen to that still small voice, oh man, peace will follow that. But the enemy that screams at us is trying to take every bit of our identity from us and our witness for him away from us. Amen? And so, again, I ask you the question, and I'm going to give you a few points here as I close here in the next few minutes that will help you, amen, step up to the plate and be God's credible witness on a new level. Amen? And so... Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus 
is in you unless, of course, you fail. What does this mean? Who's given the test here? I'm giving the test on me. You're giving the test on you. Corinth, Corinth, y'all been measuring everybody else and trying to lead them by focusing on what's wrong with them and trying to correct them, and it ain't working. He says, moving forward, if you're going to be the credible witness, you're going to everybody based on what's wrong and you're going to begin to speak life into them and see what God sees in them that's treasure and you're going to build them up but you're going to start with you first the only way you can help the next person is you first examine yourself and see whether or not you can pass the test or not amen of faith and so you're here today because you want to be with Jesus. The maturity of others around us has, has and continues to distract us from stepping into our identity in Christ. And so there's three questions that we should ask ourselves when we examine our faith. And you can read these questions right there in the Corinth, to Corinth that Paul writes the letter to. Number one. What fruit am I carrying? Examine yourself. What fruit am I carrying? Don't miss the right. When it seems like all the chips are down. Do y'all know that the kingdom of the enemy and everything the devil does is for our good? Oh, no, it ain't, Pastor. Oh, no, it ain't. Oh, yeah, it is. You need the enemy to do everything the enemy's done to you. Why? Why, Pastor? Why do I need that? Because it's... I need a help right now. You need to help me big time, right? Adam did not know he had access to grace in the beginning. Had he known he had access to grace, he wouldn't have ran. Oh, this is helping somebody. Everything you've been time you were frustrated and you gossiped and you sowed discord and all those things happened so you would find out you had access to mercy and grace the fruit of the spirit long suffering temperance you had access to the identity of a gossiper a backbiter a tailbearer, a, a, a sower of discord. Pastor, why are you? I'm talking to the guy in the mirror. Y'all relax. Now I can give mercy to the one that gossips and sows discord and tailbearers. And so it just causes all kinds of problems. I've been there I done, and it let me know.
He's all in. He is going to finish what he started. And he ain't reminding me of every time I failed, every time I had lust in my flesh, lust in the, left the eye and the pride of life. He, every time those darts hit me, amen, and I, and I produced, amen, or I rather I bore the fruit of the enemy. He And I need you to help me, and I need you to bring joy into my life. In order for that to happen, i got to break. i got to be broken. I've got to be humbled so that I can do this one word that's so, it's so, it's a bad word in America. Submit to him. Amen. And so we, we do a fruit inspection of our own lives. We make sure we're bearing the right fruit. I remember my first experience of eating a persimmon. I got the wrong one. It was a green one. It wasn't ready to be eaten. That was my first experience of a persimmon. And so I had a bad When it's ready. Because when it's time to eat it, ah, oh, that's pretty good. Wow. And sometimes we try to step out before we're ready. And it leaves a bad taste in our mouth. At the stage of growth in our life, if we don't do an examination, and examine ourselves, you're going to keep producing this fruit that you don't want to produce. Amen. And so if you really want to step into your identity and be able to love the one that hates you, do wonderful things to the one that detests you and bullies you. And then hey, would you, Lord? Because you're so full of an experience with him, it's like water off a duck's back. Y'all got to catch this. That's why it's so important at the mission of this house that we get the message out. It's imperative that we receive the promise. We experience freedom so that we can be world changers. A credible witness. I want to put that into the mission statement on the third part. Credible witnesses. The experience from heaven's throne, which is about however tall you are, where that brain is, and him being able to get into his throne room, your innermost being, the heart. Ah. Out of your belly, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And those that hate you won't bother you no more. And those that do you wrong won't offend you no more. Because you got you're so full of him. With him because you Crucial. 
says, oh, we're all in. You can count. No, no, you're not. Hang out until you be endowed with power from on high. Then go and be my credible witnesses. Not before. It takes the baptism of spirit and fire, ladies and gentlemen, for you. That's why I keep telling all my kids, you want to hang out with me. You need to experience your biological daddy as much as possible. I don't know what God's going to do. I just know when we're together, God does something. And it's beyond my, my ability to conceive. I'm just telling you, when we find out who we are and how, how God put us together and what we mean to one another, we're going to see him in a level we've never seen him before. But we're also going to know who. Am I covered and am I accountable? Amen. Am I covered and am I accountable? I'm convinced, even though biological fathers are important, biological mothers are important, that God is speaking through the prophet of Malachi. Led fathers. He's talking about credible witnesses that have experienced him on a level that now the children can't help but be attracted. And so I'm asking God to make me so attractive as a spiritual father, amen, that those that I'm serving and, and as a servant leader, as children to the king, Papa. They feel like they're getting a big hug from heaven. That every time I speak, it's bringing life instead of death. It's bringing hope instead of doubt. It's bringing, amen, love instead of fear. God's looking for that because that's our identity in him. And so accountability is not a suggestion, y'all. It's a, it's a paramount thing that we come under authority in our life. Now, being under my authority is not what God's... He's wanting you to be under his authority. There's only one chief, Cornerstone. His name's... ...that God's called me to do with that gift is you give permission. When you give permission, you come undercover. When you refuse to give permission to the Lord, you make a different choice. Here, let me say it like this. I didn't reject them, I rejected him. Every one of us is flawed. Every one of us needs Jesus every moment of every second of every day. But he's proud of everybody here. Regardless of what you've touched, what you've done, what you've said, what you're associated with from your lens, he don't see it. He already paid it off.
proud of you. He's excited about you. He's so excited about you. This is the day that the Lord hath made. He made the day just for you. You're an employee there. I want all the benefits. I just don't want to be accountable. That culture is in America. Yep, I'll work. Yep. And uh, I'll be under your cover as long as you give me all this. But I'm not going to be accountable. That's real. Let me tell you what's wrong with that. You ready? The one you think is the employer is not the employer. And the fullness thereof belongs to who? Our daddy. Or not the devil. Jesus. Right? What if, and I'm pretty sure I'm hitting it right on, I mean, man, Robin Hood couldn't do, hit this one any better. I'm pretty sure if you're working a job, that God has plans for you there. And he has you there with hopes that you'll give him permission to cover you. With hopes that you will, he, he really does every day, man. He's, he's inviting every day. Come, come, follow me. Come unto me, you that are heavy laden. He, he has so many kinds of invitations to get you to come join with him. But what if God has you on that job because he wants you to become the greatest influence so that everybody that works on that and every customer that comes in sees him as who he is? Ah. Oh. And you become his credible witness because you're undercover and you're accountable. You're not there for their benefits. You're there for the only benefit. Christianity don't understand what we're talking about. And I'm not accusing Christianity. I'm talking about the spirit of religion, a form that has no power. I'm calling the devil out. I'm not calling him a Christian. But he goes to church. And he's good at what he does. And it's okay that he's doing what he's doing because people are becoming more aware of, oh, man, I didn't know I had access to this. Guess what? Since God's a fruit inspector and he can see his image in you or not, he still believes that that image is going to come forth. Guess what follows those that bear good fruit or carry this good fruit? Signs and wonders. These signs shall follow them that Believe what? Believe in who I say you are. And I've invested in that. And so I asked you the question, the third one. If you really want to do an examination on yourself to become the credible witness and step in your identity, is how do you handle correction? Examine yourself to see whether or not you pass the test of faith. How do you handle correction? Look. I am not looking for anyone here to obey anything I say. I am encouraging you to obey everything Daddy says. And he knows how to correct us. And he will talk to me, and then he'll confirm it, and then he'll confirm it, and then he'll confirm it out of mouth of two or three witnesses. And most of the time, it's a pretty good correction. But if correction is going to save me, why wouldn't I want it? If correction 
and you're in a plane and you've got the wrong bearings and you know that if you stay on this bearing, you're going to <laughs> like a nosedive into the ocean, why wouldn't you want a correction? Last thing the Lord spoke to you is big in his books. Relationships are important, aren't they? But there's a lot of so-called counsel, marriage counseling going on in the church that's not coming out of heaven. Sounds good, though. One another than holding each other accountable. Come on, some of y'all are starting to figure it out because y'all read some of that. And you've had it, it to, and because it didn't come out of heaven, it came out of logic, it came out of intelligence, it didn't come out of the well that springs into life. Because there's going to be a lot of stuff happening on that path, too. That's going to keep changing you to his image. And it's got stuff you care about. But to be undercover and accountable and to be able to handle correction correctly requires being filled with the Spirit. Because our culture... Look, my accountability to my wife and her accountability to me, God's got to be first. He's got to be the source. And when she don't see Christ in me, I've got to be accountable to her to challenge it. Got to be accountable to one another, to hold one another accountable. That's not daddy. And submit to our father by submitting one to the other. Are y'all tracking? Our relationships are not given that kind of permission. And when we don't give that kind of permission to one another, we can't be his credible. Every one of the marriages are going through challenges right now. Everyone. Everybody. And the Lord is okay with it because we're finding out we have access to what we didn't have, what we thought we didn't have. And he trusted us to go through it so that we could start being truth tellers and represent him correctly. And, we're, and this coexisting thing didn't come out of heaven. We're just kind of putting up. Y'all, marriage counselors in the church are supporting lies that are not coming out of heaven joy unspeakable and full of glory peace that passeth all understanding that's the best honeymoon that you can be in and if you're not there the lord says you have access don't believe any other lie because either i am in possession of you or you're possessed by your self-will
which the enemy hides behind. I got to put that in there. And the Lord, Christian Ezer, is casting the devil out through credible witnesses. Anybody ready to stand up? I'm going to tell you what, if, you go, if you're full of joy, it ain't going to be a problem. It's going to be easy. It, didn't say, it, it ain't going to look easy. It's going to look like, man, I'm finna die. But if you're full of the Spirit, it don't matter. If, you're, if you've got this, I know that I know that I know in your spirit, it don't matter. You're going to hold steady. You're going to set your face like Flint, and you're going to stand there for, and you're going to see the salvation of God. And the truth, we're going to know it. And because we have intimate experience with it, we're going to be set free. Anybody want that? Do you love your spouse enough for that? Love your children enough for that? Do you love the people you work with on the job enough? Amen. You're not there to get a paycheck. If you're there to get a paycheck, you ain't got it yet. Well, I got the paycheck, Pastor. Okay, you got the paycheck, but you ain't got it yet. We live, we move, we have our being. How? In him. What's he after? He ain't after no paycheck. Take your paycheck and put it in the bank, do what you need to do with it, but that's not what you're there for. You're there to be God's credible witness. And if he wants to elevate you or promote you, come on. Let his identity shine through. And if it's not, examine yourself. Examine yourself. What kind of fruit do you have? Are you undercover and accountable? And how do you take correction? This is huge today, and it's not a popular message in America. This is a hard message in the church in America. It's like some of the pastors are saying, man, you are one brave dude. Mm -hmm. No. You're brave if you're not doing what daddy says. Well, how, how are you going to stand up against him? Dude, I, I've decided I like sleeping at night. <laughs> and so, y'all hear me? I'm dealing with the guy in the mirror. I know it's 10 minutes over. We, we're closing down. And guess, thank you for putting up with me today. Thank you. I hope, I hope you're encouraged. I hope this is helping you. I hope this is bringing up, amen, and stirring up a fire in you right now. Thank you for being here with us. Could you stand? Are, are you in his possession? Or are you possessed by your self-will? Is a question that you must If you haven't yet examined yourself, to see what kind of fruit you got. That you're undercover. That means you're under daddy's authority. And you're going to let him build his house without telling him how to do it. And you're not going to be looking around checking out about everybody's faults. And go back to the mirror and say, you need Jesus. And then take correction and make the correction so that you can live and not die. Father, thank you for your word today. <sighs> Big hug from heaven. Long-winded preacher, Lord. God help me.
but I know you've said some things that are impacting. hungry they're hoping they're pressing they're reaching they want more they're here because you're going to give it to them you're going to finish what you started in them i thank you lord for the promise that you started two thousand years ago none of the things you said has diminished in power the promise is still the same today and it's the answer amen to all of our lives if we take on the identity Let the fire fall until out of everyone's belly, out of everyone's inner man, rivers begin to erupt. And a thanksgiving and a praise, amen, and a worship begins to spill out of every heart until we're lost in it, we're drunk in it, amen. What's up, Lord? Until we can't shut up talking about you everywhere we go. That we want everybody to know who you are. You're our Father and you loved me when I didn't deserve it. You saved me when I didn't deserve it. You healed me when I didn't deserve it. You set me free when I deserved to be in prison. Lord, you're so good. I want to tell everybody. <sighs> And I can always stand in the gap for them, encouraging them and asking you to bless them, Lord. Lord, bring that identity out of all of us, Lord. <sighs> Fill us until we're changed and we're your credible witness. Wherever you feel like he'll meet you right there, wherever you decide where that place is, that's where he's going to meet you. And you can receive it right where you're standing. God bless you, guests, for being with us today. Amen. You're welcome to go if you want to leave, but we're going to worship the Lord a little bit here. God bless you.